As I said, today is Mother's Day, and I wish we could gather together in church to, to celebrate uh, this Mother's Day, um, but we are gathering online as a community. As I said, children, call your moms. Call them. They, they haven't heard from you maybe for the whole circuit breaker. Call your mom. If you haven't called them yet, uh, the pastor said you can call them now, right? Uh, and it's good to say, how are you? Happy Sabbath. Are you, are you watching, worshiping with me? You know, and you know, as that wants to do something for the mothers, but we can't really do it at this moment. So what we're going to do is this. If the 1st of June, this circuit breaker ease and we're allowed together, we will celebrate together as a church on Father's Day. Uh, we'll do it as a parent's day where we celebrate both. But it is likely that we won't be able to gather together uh, as quickly in June. So I'm going to ask you to do this. Right, children, children, the responsibility is on you. I will be putting up a form uh, online. All right, it's going to be private, it's going to be confidential. And I want you to register your parents' address and what you would like to give to them through the church. I'm collecting ideas. I'm collecting ideas of what we can provide for them through the church. All right, so I'm going to open up a form. The, 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 the responsibility is on your children. Write your mom and dad's name in the form and their address and what you think we can do for them. And then the church coming together will try to implement some of these suggestions. All right? So it's not up yet. It's not up yet. I'll make it available tomorrow, Mother's Day, all the way through to Father's Day. And if we don't get together back together again, we will implement some of these ideas. Uh, so children, again, children, right? It's on you to register your mom and dad's name, their physical address, not their email address, right? And then let me know what we can as a church do and how you want to contribute, right? Uh, let me know. And then we'll try to collect ideas and we'll do it to celebrate, to remember our mom and dads in this church. Remember, my definition, our definition of mom and dads are not just the ones who have given birth to us physically. Our definition of mom and dads can be also for those who have given birth to us spiritually, who have guided us and helped us, who have mothered us in our spiritual growth. So don't forget them, right? Don't forget them. They are just as much our parents as our physical parents. And in this church is where the family comes together as one family. Let us hold true to what we call ourselves a family and not neglect them. All right, next, I got, I've got something prepared for the mothers. Despite my, our restriction, I've reached out to some of your kids. In fact, I reached out to actually most of your kids, but not everyone responded, right? Uh, if you don't, you don't see it, you know, it's your fault, uh, your kid's fault, right? <laughs> right? So, but those kids who, who have, I've reached out to most of them that I can, and they've recorded a little video for you, and I, I want to show you uh, their appreciation of your mothers. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. I wish I could give you a big hug. To the mom who makes the best lasagna in the world, Happy Mother's Day, all the way from Holland. Happy Mother's Day. Love you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mama Lo. We love you. Hi, Mama. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's Day. Day! 
Hi Ma, happy Mother's Day. Okay, wait. Happy Mother's Day, Ma. Happy, happy Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Happy Mother's Day. Alright, so that's 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 how much I have, right? Um, maybe I miss. I hope I didn't miss anybody. I don't think I miss anybody. Uh, so Lucas and I have to actually hide in the room while Tiffany's in the house. This is difficult. I know someone who didn't send it in is because your mom is like hovering over you and you can't get it. To, you can't get the time to do it. I understand. But uh, me and me and Lucas have to hide in a room and I locked the door and we quickly did it and uh, we did like five thousand takes and then I, I got one where it's kind of worked. All right. So mothers, happy Mother's Day and also. Today, I'm going to tell my mom, Mom, uh, you know, uh, I, can't see, I haven't seen her for a while. I haven't seen her for two months or a little bit more. We usually gather for dinner or lunch every weekend, but I haven't seen her. Uh, we're going to Zoom each other tomorrow. Uh, so call your mom. Children, call your mom. Call your mom now. All right. Today, in this, in this Mother's Day sharing, I'd like to turn with, uh, all of you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. If you would, tell me the Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. Turn your Bible, right? Although it's on the screen, turn your Bible. Colossians 1, 16 to 17. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him, and note, for Him. Verse 17, And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. This verse is oftentimes used and quoted in support of Jesus' divinity to show that Jesus is God. But I like to Look at it from a different angle, from a, a different perspective on this verse today, in terms of our, our family. You know, the verse tells us that, that Jesus has revealed to us who God is. And God fundamentally is about relationship. It's about community. And the very idea of the Trinity tells us, though one, there is a way of interacting with one another. And that is translated in creation, into creation. When God created humans, He created us in His image. Not that we, like God, have eyes and nose and mouth, you know. He, he may look like this, but He's fundamentally different because He's spiritual and humans, we are physical. But what we reflect about God is how we relate to one another. That's why after He created Adam, He first asked Him to relate to nature, to relate to His other creation, the animals, the birds, the fish, to name them. He was teaching Adam to interact with His surrounding in relationship. Then He goes on and says, no, this is not who we are. Like Adam is not reflecting us as God, singular, in its full picture, we need to create another being that he can relate to. And so God created Eve. And it is in that family unit, immediately he joined them together in a family unit. And it's interesting that he at that point said something that doesn't really exist yet, but was actually for the future generation. He said that a man shall leave his father and mother, a woman shall live. Like they shall cleave onto one another. At that point, you must realize Adam was the first human being. 
But he was giving instruction that this family unit was to be formed and this union was to happen. And it was not just to point simply to human relationship, but ultimately these men and women coming together in union to form a family which will produce children was ultimately an example, an illustration that he set up for eternity to describe God's relationship to humans. He says, God is the husband, the church is the bride, and the church is not this building, it is you and me. And so in this perspective, for by him all things were created, including families. You and I are in a family relationship because God chose to create us in that. And it is in that context that we are to relate and we must remember that God must not be removed from our family unit. Some of you have families that are not all Christians. And you are, how am I going to do that? But wow, that's you. They don't have to really understand. I mean, they may exhibit values that, that the Bible talks about in relating to you. By showing you love, by showing you care and concern. But you who know, you who know the Bible should definitely reflect back to them a Christian attitude and relate to them as though you're relating to God. You know, one of the things that, uh, that uh, Pathfinder taught that was very useful later on in my life, especially during national service, was how to tie knots. How to tie knots. You know, the knots that we learned uh, was a more gen- uh, was like a wider variety. You know, Tao Ming knows a lot of them. Uh, but in, in, in national service, we were t- specifically taught to tie rescue knots. And in fact, we were tested on it. And the knots themselves come in various forms. And then the one that I remember the most is the easiest is the, the figure of eight. That, you know, it creates this bond that is very, it's almost impossible to pull apart. So you see, the knot itself is wonderful. The knot itself is good. The knot itself is useful in rescuing. But more important than the knot is the person who ties the knot. The knots cannot tie themselves. The knots are about ropes and they cannot just move and come together. That would be scary. It requires a person who knows about knots and its usage coming together tying that knot together. As a family, in our household, it is very easy. It's very, very easy for us to forget that. We forget that this family, as per the scripture today, was not only created through him and for him, but is held together by Him. These three things are what we as family must remember. You know, as families, first of all, we're created by God. We wouldn't exist otherwise. Secondly, as families, we're not just created for each other. You know, the Chinese people are, are very used to that. Their, their main focus is about fulfilling Genesis in having children and filling the earth and, and, and having the, life, the surname, the name of the family continue in, in the lineage to continue. And that's like the biggest thing. In fact, it says in the Chinese saying that to, be un, to, be, to have no children is like the most unfilial thing you can ever do. It's pretty intense. Um, but 
I think it misses the point. Like to, to continue to expand the family and to keep the family name alive is not the sole purpose of a family. It's not even to have this close relationship and joy, although that is good. It is not that. Families are created, according to Scripture, for God. Because it is only by understanding that purpose can families truly experience the joy God has designed for it to experience. It is very hard when you just focus on yourself to fully capture the great amount of joy that God has prepared to bless you with. You have to try it. I cannot, you cannot experience it without trying it, you know, to look beyond yourself. You know, one of the happiest things I've seen, I've heard testimony of families do is when they go out and serve others together as a family unit. They hear stories of the stories. But that's the most wonderful thing we have ever done is that we went out as a family, not focused on ourselves, but focused on others. You were created by God for God. But the next thing to remind ourselves is that we were created to be held together by God. Without God as the cord that ties the family together, the family is going to fragment and it's going to break up. No matter how hard you try by our human methods, by our human commitment and, and perseverance and, and, and ideas, the families is going to break up and spread if God is not holding it together. Of course, you would tell me, Pastor James, I've had families who are not Christians that are still closely knitted. Of course, that can happen. Of course. But can, is it a consistent thing? No. And are there Christian families that have broken down? Yes. But I'm talking not just the label. I'm not talking about the label. I'm not talking about whether it's a Christian family or not a Christian family. I'm talking about a family that truly embraced the value as showed in the Bible. God is holding you together spiritually, but He cannot force and tie you up and, and force you to be a family unit. That is not our God. That is a dictator. He's not like that. He, he, he tries to hold you together. He's doing His best to hold you together by trying to give you the values that he himself espoused. He's, he's like, these are the values that you will have, that you, if you do it, you will hold your family together. Naturally, that is part of my idea of how humans will live. And you want to do it, those values cannot be done by your own strength, but I will empower you, which reminds us to be humble as Christians, that God, the Holy Spirit, can work with with people, with families that don't call themselves Christians, and, but they are re re replying, they're responding to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. All the more as Christians, all the more as people who knows God's Word, shouldn't we be softer in our hearts in responding to the Holy Spirit's prompting and to espouse the values that He Himself loved ultimately summarized by that one word, love. But the word love is cheap until you apply it and live it. So I ask, I ask that you capture the idea of love, that what God's trying to show you through His Scripture. You know, the book of Colossians is not written to Asdek. It was initially written to the church in Colossae. And he wasn't written to uh, people who are void of culture or history or, or human, hum, hum, humanness. 
And so there were some challenges that the church of Colossae was dealing with. And that's why Paul had to specifically write to them in order to minister to their needs. And today I would like to apply uh, what Paul wrote to them to our context today. And that's a good practice. When you read the Bible, first understand their context, apply it to them, then try to translate. Say try because there's so many thousand years that have passed to our modern situation. And I'm just going to adapt part of it. I'm not going to do the theological challenge, but I think I'm going I'm to make it Singaporean and in a localized context. So forgive me for creating words that don't exist. I'm just trying to explain what's going on. The first thing that the Colossae church was struggling with is ceremonialism. They were struggling with the idea that it was a very uh, uh, outward act focused kind of relationship with one another. They, they worshipped God because it was an obligation. They worshipped God because it was something Christians should do. They, 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 they partake in the agape feast, the, the Lord's Supper, because it was an expectation, a behavioral expectation. They fulfill all the practice that people perceive Christians should practice, and they do it, and then they think, okay, I'm Christian now. But deep down, there wasn't a deep connection with one another as exemplified in the early church in Acts. They were losing it. And I think we are suffering from the same problem. We today, we are suffering from being, falling into the trap of ceremonialism. But I'm going to apply it to the, to the family. I would like to call this, in our modern context, in the family, pretendism. Pretendism. That we only focus on the superficial actions. We go for meals together, or we, I know in some families, the entire family have to sit down at the dinner table together every night. If you're not, you'll be rebuked. But, but the, the people are there physically, but they're not present. If you get what I'm saying, they're there physically, but their minds are not there. The person is not really there. The spirit is somewhere else. They turn out for reunion dinners, reunion lunches, Chinese New Year gatherings, or they go for like uh, family social activities. They, they play together. They play golf, or they play basketball, or they, or they go uh, water skiing together, go for family holiday on a cruise together, or fly to uh, a country and travel together. We want to do that now, don't we? <laughs> Circuit breaker. But, but those things are all just external. Right? It just, they're just pretending that they are, they're together. They're pretending to be in this family relationship, but actually they are not investing in one another. So church, I'd like to challenge you. Don't fall prey or victim to this idea of pretendism. Don't just pretend to be a family. Be a family. Invest in one another. When you're together, be present. Talk to one another. Communicate with one another. Learn about and care about one another. Listen for the needs, not just trying to show off and talk, talk about yourself. Listen for, to one another and ask questions to, to learn about each other that maybe in ways they've never learned about before. In fact, this circuit breaker is a wonderful time for that. You, you are stuck in a house all day and you, you probably have a lot of meals together, whether it is by by ordering delivery or takeout or just cooking together. Don't just eat. Talk. Invest. Listen. Don't fall prey 
to pretendism. The next problem that the some in the Colossae church was suffering from was asceticism. Uh, asceticism, asceticism, yeah, is the is the is the idea of uh, just separating themselves and just because they're like, oh, the church is too ceremonial driven. The church is 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 compromised. The church is is not uh, what God designed it to be. I will separate myself and I'll hide in a, a rural area in Colossae, although that's not very possible because it's a huge, busy city. And uh, there's just like, hide in my house. I want to interact with other Christians and, and, and just like connect with God, connect with God. That's what they were focused on. And, and, and I like to interpret this word that I can't pronounce very well to our modern term. I would call it in today's term, don't careism. Don't careism. I don't care about others. I just care about myself. There are some families who are difficult. I acknowledge that. There are some families which are, that is, is not easy to interact. Maybe it's just the family culture has been so for, for years, decades. And when you try to do something, it's weird. When you try to talk, it's weird. Um, and so you've chosen to just separate yourself from your family. I don't I won't show up for anything. I won't show up for Chinese New Year. I won't show up for, for reunion meals. I won't show up for any, any family activity, dinner at, at, at home. I, I won't show up. I just don't care. I just don't be a part of it. it, it is, this family is fake. So I'm going to be real. I'm just going to protect myself. I'm going to be a real person. How can you be real by yourself? By choosing to don't care, to not care about your family, you have become just like them. You've become exactly like them, just that they act out differently. They pretend to be together. You just chose to be real and be away, but at the same time, you, you are at the same, in the same way not caring about them. Don't fall trapped to that. Don't separate yourself because of a misunderstanding or an argument you have with somebody in the family. Don't separate yourself because you just don't like how they act. Don't separate yourself just because you have no time. Time is made. Time is a choice of how you want to live your life. Don't do it. Don't fall into this trap of don't careism. The next thing they're gonna the, 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 the Colossae Church was this Gnosticism. Gnosticism. And uh, what does it mean? Is this, this, this they, they believe there's this secret knowledge. If I know this secret way of connecting with God, I can connect with God in a deeper way than anybody else can. There's this specific method that I can connect with God. And the fundamental of that is by having knowledge about who God is and applying the knowledge in a very mysterious way, secret ways that I don't know. I call it today, in our modern society, our so, social dynamic of quick-fix-ism. Quick-fix-ism. There's so many self-help books. You know, I have people who just amazes me. They're like, oh man, Pastor James, my family is not ideal. My family has a problem. I'm going to read a book about that. Or worse, I'm going to Google on how to improve my family relationship. You know, like they, 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 they think, oh, uh, if I know more about how family dynamics work, it will improve my family relationship. It doesn't. It won't. It helps, but reading and understanding itself doesn't fix anything until you apply and you do it. 
This is the first cousin of the previous don't careism. You know, you, you are doing the same differently. You one hide physically, one hide in the knowledge. And so you go like, oh, I know why he's acting this way. I know why he's like that. I know why I don't like this person. I know why we don't get along. And then you, you rationalize away why you're not connecting as a family. And they go, all right, that's, that's how we are. That's how we're designed to. That's it. Where is God? God is the one who holds you together as Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 says. Yes, understanding is helpful. I love those things. But don't just look for quick fix and like go, okay, I know what's going on. If I apply this principle, it'll work. It doesn't. It takes commitment. It takes grit. It takes you going through tough time, persevering in building a relationship that never existed or rebuilding a relationship that's broken. Don't hide into your knowledge. Don't look for a quick fix. They're helpful, but they will not fix it. Go to God ultimately and say, God, change me. Help me to be the person that will change the family dynamic. Start with me. Let me be the first person to live out as a Christian in the family. I'm not perfect, but God, you are, so you do it through me and minister to them. Don't fall trap to quick fixism. The, the next one that, that, that the, the Colossae church suffer from is humanism. This humanism is not just serving people and helping the poor. <clears throat> it's not that. That's humanitarianism. Uh, humanism is focusing on the human things. They were just satisfied with life without God. They were satisfied with a, 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 a family life that doesn't have the presence of God. The, they're satisfied with a church in the Colossae's uh, context that gathers for the sake of gathering. It was a social club. It wasn't a church. They were, in fact, doing a lot of the things that Christians would do. They would share their, their material goods. They would share food. They would, they would take care of each other. They would, they would hang out. They would build a relationship. But God was not present. Colossians 1, 16 says, we were, built, we were created by God for God. That's the ultimate purpose of a family. God must, must, be present in the family for the family to truly flourish and find the joy God intended for it to have. And I don't call it in today's term Santa Clauism. Why, why do I call it Santa Clauism? It's because God becomes this external entity, like some family has this favorite uncle who, whenever he comes, he brings gifts. That's all you remember that uncle for, or a favorite auntie. Whenever she comes, ah, there is Ang Pao. And then apart from that, you don't really remember who this auntie is, how you're related to her, or where this uncle come from. It's just like, oh, he gives me good things. I like him. It is easy for God to fall into that category. It is easy for us to, to just treat God in that respect in our family. We pray before meals, God bless this meal and bless our family. When there's need, there's somebody falls sick, God, please heal the sick. God, may you guide this family into prosperity in relationship and material goods. God just become this, this blessing, Santa Claus, giving good gifts person. But then there's other requirements from God that you just don't, that you don't like or you don't know. You just ignore God. Like, God, that part, mm. 
we're created by God for God. And ultimately, it's only by espousing who God is in the family and allowing Him to be the head of the family that the family can be held together. You can't hold a family together by just focusing on one another and focusing and forcing each other to say, we have to stay together. Why? Because we're family. You cannot be the end in itself. Family cannot be the end in itself. It must be God. God must hold a family together. That brings us to the most important point Colossians wants to tell us. That our lives must stop revolving around ourselves. The sun does not revolve around earth. The earth has to start revolving around the sun. Our family and our relationship and how we interact with one another cannot simply stop at just how we want to connect as a family. It's good, don't get me wrong. I love it when I see a wonderful family that's close-knitted and love each other. But many a time I see that that happens only because God's love is present and only can be sustained if God's love is present. Let God be the center of your family. Revolve around God and I trust you. Trust me and I tell you, the gravitational pull of God will not allow your family to fall apart. Those that have fallen apart you may feel, though may not be held together by your family, relationship, the gravity of your family unit is still held together by God's gravitational pull. I've heard stories after stories of broken families, families separated, spread out, disconnected, that came back together and is reconciled because God pulled them back together and God held them together. I pray for you and all your family that you will adopt God-centricity, God-centerism in your family. As you go through Mother's Day, remember that it's a time to celebrate your mothers and children call your mom. But it's also a time to celebrate God's goodness and God's blessing in holding us together as a family. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I do pray for all the mothers. Thank you. Their love has showed us a glimpse of your love. For Lord, without, without their love, we will never understand how much can you love. We pray for their health. We pray for their safety. For those of us who have lost our earthly mother, may we remember that they are in your hands and that your goodness will reconcile us again and that we will reunite again because of you. As families are created by you, for you, and held together by you, Lord. May you help us to remember that daily and apply it not just tomorrow in this Mother's Day, but from today onwards. Help us, Father, for we need your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless. Have a good Mother's Day. I'll see you for church next Sabbath.